having that kind of ally of someone who knows they have a food allergy and knows how to recognize symptoms um, is really going to help them. And it's going to help them with bullying. You know, there's power in numbers and, you know, your friends aren't going to let you get bullied. And so if they understand your condition, they're also going to stand up and, and not let you get bullied. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Dr. Alice Hoyt, and I'm so excited to have here today on the Food Allergy in Your Kiddo podcast, my friend and colleague, Jody Schroba. She is a certified pediatric nurse practitioner with expertise in food allergy. She is a food allergy program coordinator at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, and she is here to talk with us today about what she presented at the recent American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology meeting about bullying and food allergy. So, Jody, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Alice. Thank you so much for having me. This is um, this is going to be a lot of fun. I hope everyone enjoys today's session. Um, it's a topic that people really don't like to talk about, but I think it is really important. I agree with you, and I'm I'm so happy to see you now on the podcast. Of course, listeners like you you don't see us, but when I record the podcast, I typically use a software where I can see the other person. And Jody and I became friends at the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology meeting. It's the big annual national meeting. And we think it was four years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And we kept bumping into each other, going into the same food allergy sessions. <laughs> and we would sit next to each other. We're both kind of like shorter women and and she's very nice and I could just tell I was like this is a nice gal and so we just struck up a friendship and now every year when it's time for the academy we we chit chat you know we meet up but last year the conference was canceled due to covid and this year it was all via remote or zoom I don't know if it was technically zoom but you know it was all remote um but I was tuned into the meeting and I'm like, I miss my friend Jody. And so I texted her and we've been chatting ever since. And I said, Jody, you've got to come on the podcast. And she agreed. And y'all might hear my sweet little daughter in the background playing, but she was just so excited to come see Miss Jody on the screen. So, Jody, I am so happy to have you here. Well, again, thanks, Alice, for having me. And, um, yes, definitely this pandemic has um, put a little distance in our in our friendship. So hopefully next year we'll be able to see each other in person and um, we'll be fully vaccinated by then and hopefully not wearing masks anymore and um, things will feel a little more normal. I look forward to that. So Jody, what got you interested in food allergy? Tell us your story. So um, my story is I, I am a lifelong um, 
seasonal allergy person. And so my interest in allergy has always been present just from my own personal experiences. I had asthma as a child. Um, luckily, I've outgrown it as an adult, but now I have um, a child with allergies and asthma. So I still live the world, both personally and professionally. And um, when I took this job, uh, I really thought I was getting into it to treat seasonal allergies and asthma. And then I started meeting food allergy parents and learning more about food allergies. And um, at the time, I was uh, working with another doctor named Chitra Dinakar, who um, sadly has um, passed away recently. But um, she really got me interested in food allergy, the complexity of food allergy, um, the fact that, you know, there's still so much we don't know about it. And it, it's just a, it's a fascinating field. And, you know, I've been doing allergy for 14 years now, and um, we finally have at least oral immunotherapy that we can offer people. But, you know, for so many years, it was just avoid. And, and that's what we said. Um, here's your, here's your epinephrine device and avoid the food and we'll see you again in a year. And it, it's nice that we have, uh, you know, some options, again, no cure, but there's a lot that goes on with food allergy and it's, it's kind of a hidden disease. You know, um, someone has a food allergy, but you don't know it when you see them on the street. And so the complexity of it is, is really amazing. And I really want to get involved and, and try to help those families that, you know, are kind of dealing with a silent disease. And it's time to make it not a silent disease and, and make it more um, aware for people. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about food allergy. I will say my first experience with a food allergy was my roommate in college. And the first day we moved in together, she said, I have food allergies. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, what does that mean? And she said, well, I can't eat anything with dairy. So um, I, I read all my food labels. I don't eat things with milk or cheese or yogurt. Um, and she said, you know, but sometimes I, I might miss it and eat it on accident. So I need you to know how to use this EpiPen. And um, she showed it to me. And that was, you know, this was pre-medical terms, the times for me. So I, I didn't know what an EpiPen device was at that time. And so she taught me how to use it. And she said, you may have to use this on me. And um, that was my first experience with, with food allergies. Luckily, in the few years that we lived together, I, I never had to use it on her. Um, but that was my first experience with food allergies. And now, you know, like I said, 14 years later, um, that is my primary focus is taking care of food allergies. Well, I do want to stop and say that I'm very sorry for your loss and that Dr. Dinakar's um, her her work and her legacy is living on through the work that you're doing. So I I hope that that you take some comfort in in knowing that the amazing things you're doing are in part um, showing showing her light and what she gave to to this world. So um, so again, condolences, and I'm so glad that you're here to talk with us about the work that. That, that y'all have been doing for for so long and now also really with the, some focus on bullying on today's episode um, and really what what bullying can look like when it comes to food allergy because it's not always as as simple as some of the horror stories we hear about someone 
throwing something in someone's face, it, it can be, it can look differently. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're all familiar with the, um, you know, the, the playground bully who, you know, maybe shoves or pushes or maybe hits and, um, you know, that's what people think of with bullying. But, um, you know, when we come to food allergies, it, it goes deeper than that. You know, it, it goes into the, yes, um, waving the food at people or flicking the food at, at the person, um, you know, there's been stories of, you know, they have the allergen on their hand and then they go and touch the person that's allergic. Um, and, um, you know, so you kind of start hearing some of that, but then it starts getting into the, just the teasing and the name calling and making fun of them because they can't eat the same things that you can, or, um, you know, it can even be subtle signs such as, um, not offering, safe alternatives. Uh, you know, if, if you know that there's someone with food allergies and you don't have any accommodations for them, that really can be a sign of bullying. I mean, you're, you're segregating them, you're making them feel different. Um, and you're not giving them the same opportunities that other kids may have. So, um, you know, you're definitely going to see the, the, the physical attributes, but there is going to be those, um, social attributes and, um, you know, the verbal um, barrage of, of insults that they're going to see as well. And I think there's so much we can do from an education standpoint, because I think sometimes it can be somebody can purposely be singling someone out based on their food allergy. And, but I think for the most part, it, it's people don't really understand that it's not just that, you know, little Erica doesn't like this particular food. It's that it can it can cause her significant harm and her parents worst fear is that it could take her life as as you know we work with these different organizations who were founded in in memory to honor people who have died from anaphylaxis and even though that is very few and far between that it happens that is the ultimate fear and that provokes so much anxiety and so we can we can do a lot by educating and hopefully this podcast provides education um, to folks who who don't necessarily have food allergies. I know that some of my friends send it to some of their friends who don't have food allergy. Um, but but I mean you're 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 speaking the truth here about all the different ways that bullying can can occur. What should a parent look for? Because especially as as children get older, right? Like they might come home and tell their parents what's going on, and then they might go through phases where they're they're not really telling their parents what's going on. I don't know if you hear my daughter right now, but she's trying to tell me that she's having fun in her little <laughs> play area. Um, but chil- children grow and they hit different milestones. They have different relationships at different times, different seasons with their parents. So. What should a parent do, like let's say younger kids and let's say let's say older kids, what should a parent be looking for, asking about to to sort of gauge is is there some sort of bullying going on, period, but also specifically about food allergy? Yeah, you know, I th- I think the younger kids um are definitely gonna be much more open and you know, if you can just, you know, even saying something as simple as like how was your day? Tell me what happened at, at, at school today. Um, you know, those kids that are maybe like preschool, pre-K, kindergarten, um, you know, 
they're going to talk so much, you know, you got to almost tell them to like, stop and take a breath. As you get older, you know, I, I have, um, tweens, um, in my house and, you know, I'll say, how was your day? And they're like, good, you know, and, and that's what I get from them. So I think you just have to ask very specific questions, you know, tell me something good about your day. Tell me something bad about your day. Tell me who you sat with at lunch today, you know, so really without just saying, did anybody bully you, um, you know, kind of pick up on, on, uh, make them tell you a, a positive and a negative about their day and, um, you know, see what they will tell you that way. There, there may be signs, um, that, you know, that not even that they're going to tell you, but you may see signs. If they're a kid that was previously like a straight A student and suddenly their grades are plummeting, um, there may be something going on at school that they're not comfortable telling you. If they're a kiddo that was, huge into soccer and, and, and their whole life revolved around soccer. And suddenly they're like, mom, I don't want to go to soccer. Um, then, then there's probably something going on. And, and those may be your cues that you, you need to maybe dig a little bit deeper. Um, if they do seem as the older kids, if, if suddenly they're very depressed, um, they're anxious, they're withdrawing. And these are not things that are normal for them. I know right now with the pandemic, that's really hard because even, uh, all kids are depressed right now and all kids are anxious and may look different right now than they did before. Um, if you notice differences in their eating habits or sleeping had or, uh, habits, um, if they suddenly um, things are lost or broken, or maybe, you know, they come home and they don't have their lunchbox. Um, maybe it's because kids, put something in their lunchbox and they didn't want their parents to know. So, um, you know, you, you just kind of, there may be those subtle cues of, of things that are different than they were before that you may have to pick up on much more than them openly telling you, Hey, this kid is bullying me at school. And if you pick up on that, then if a parent picks up on that, if someone's listening to this podcast right, right now and wondering, you know what, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start implementing that strategy that, that Jody said about what, you know, what good went on with your day, what not so good went on with your day. Um, but if they do, if a mom or dad um, guardian picks up on something's going on at school, what should be that, that parent's next step? What, what next step would be to have your child try to tell you what's going on. Um, and hopefully they'll feel comfortable enough to tell you what ended up happening. Um, if they will not, then it's going to the teacher, the counselor, the principal, and, you know, saying, Hey, I have concerns. I think something's going on in the lunchroom. Um, do you know anything? And if they say no, then can you say, can you keep an eye on it? Can we have someone that maybe watches the table where my child is sitting um, to see if they notice that something has changed or, um, you know, is, is consistently happening. And, um, and that may be a way to, to get in um, is, you know, going through the school. And I, I know you're going to bring up the question of, you know, what do parents do? And the number one thing I would say is if your child tells you, you know, uh, just using an example, you know, little Joey is, is putting peanut butter on my plate. 
um, do not go to little Joey's parents. Um, that the, the number one thing you want to not do is confront the other family. Hi there, this is Alexis from the Hoyt Institute of Food Allergy. Did you know that the Institute is the official sponsor of the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast? And did you also know that you are now able to connect with Dr. Hoyt directly? That's right. We are now offering food allergy office hours for parents. These one-on-one virtual sessions are available for parents all across the country. It's an educational session, not an office visit, where you can ask all of your food allergy questions and finally get answers. It's as comfortable as having a cup of coffee with your bestie. Simply click the link in the show notes to schedule and mention this ad. We are so, so excited to connect with parents across the globe with this new service. Okay, now back to Pam and Dr. Hoyt. If that Now that's at school. What if this is like a family that you regularly socialize with or what if it, you know, what if it's in-laws or what if it's... Do you know what I mean? And and I guess this it's important to differentiate what is bullying, meaning something's some something's coming from a place of of not niceness, right? As opposed to what is just someone doesn't realize what's going on. But what if it is somebody like a kid is just being not nice and and teasing your kid about their food allergy, but it's not in the school setting. It's just socially. Like, what are some ways that a mom and dad can have a conversation with those parents um, without it being as conf- you know confrontational mm-hmm. in the form of like, oh, this like is this going to get not not fun, right? Because right. you know sometimes the other parents they might not know what's going on. Sometimes something might be going on with that kiddo. Maybe the kiddo doesn't. Maybe it's not really coming from a bad place. It's some, you know, it, who even knows, right? So right. like, what are some ways to, to manage these situations and hopefully instill some education? Um, and y'all know, I'm always trying to see like the best side of people and try to give people the benefit of the doubt going into situations. So what, what are your, some of, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah. When it's a friend, that's really hard because then it it does become a situation where you do need to approach the other parent. You know, uh, uh, when you talk about bullying and and we're not bringing it in context of food allergy, but when we just talk about bullying, usually people that are bullies tend to have their own issues and they project their issues onto those that they feel are weaker than they are. I think that does come into play with food allergies, but I also think a lot of the food allergy bullying comes from a place of they don't understand. Like they, food allergies is is very misunderstood. Um, part of the problem is is um, you can find information about food allergies, and it may not always be good information. And so that's why, like your podcast is so good because you're providing good education to families and and really kind of trying to dispel some of those myths about food allergies that can really take people down the wrong road. And so I think a lot of it's education. And so, you know, if, if they are friends, but let's say they're friends on the soccer team, you know, you could say to the coach, hey, 
after practice, can we have 10 minutes and I'll talk to the whole team about my food allergies. And, you know, if the child's old enough and they want to explain it themselves, that's great. If not, then, you know, you ask the parent, you know, if they can come and explain it because a lot of it may come from lack of education. So if there's a way that you could maybe teach a lot while not singling out one person, like even if it's one person on the soccer team, educate the whole team. Um, because nowadays everyone has experience with food allergies. Like I mentioned, I didn't have experience until I was in college with having someone with food allergies. Now two kids in every classroom have a food allergy. So our kids' exposure to other children with food allergies is not unusual. And so education is the key. And even if it is other parents and you know that every time they go over to someone's house, there's issues at that house, you could always say to the mom, you know, my child loves coming to your child's house. These are a few things I just need to make sure are happening for my kid to be safe. If these are things that you're not comfortable with, then can your child come to our house? And in that way, it's not turning into, well, you're doing this wrong, but you're saying these are things that keep my kids safe. And it shouldn't be any different than, say, a child with, um, you know, diabetes. Um, if your child has diabetes and they're going to your friend's house, well, you're going to tell that parent, don't give my child something that is heavy in carbs without discussing with me, how do we treat this? And it should be the same thing with food allergies that, you know, there, there's safety in going to other people's houses. And so instead of being accusatory of saying, well, your kid is making fun of my kid, educate them on the safety that is needed for my, you know, your child. I love that. Um, and and thank you for the compliment about what we're trying to do on this podcast, because that's exa- exactly right. I love your analogy to a child with, with diabetes. Um, and I think sometimes, too, some of some bullying behaviors come from kiddos seeing their parents um, have bullying behaviors. So what should a parent do if they themselves feel as if they're being um, maybe bullied at the worst extent or maybe just things aren't being taken seriously? You know, like you tell your your friend who um, your kiddos are going to play together and, you know, you tell him or her like, hey, you know, she has a peanut allergy. What do you what do you do when someone just kind of like takes it lightly or or you can see that they don't really recognize it. And again, this can be a spectrum. This can be a spectrum of, okay, I, I won't give her any peanuts, but that doesn't necessarily mean the light's going off that like, I need to make sure I read labels. Like there's just so much education in it. So, I mean, there's a, there's a spectrum of like on one side, it can certainly be people with malicious intent, but I think for the most part, it can be people that just really don't know. So so what do you do in both situations when someone's just being a jerk? And then what do you do when when you when you know somebody just they they need they need to get it more? Yeah, and you know there was just an article published um maybe November uh maybe November of 2020. I believe it um was picked up by Allergic Living where in Chicago um, at Northwestern, they actually surveyed parents to see 
if parents are bullied and 17% of parents felt that they were bullied because of their child's food allergy. Um, what was interesting was of the bullying, a lot of it came from within the family. Um, and, you know, Alice, you can probably relate to this. The families will come in and they're like, they go to grandma's house and grandma just feeds them whatever they want. Like grandma just doesn't get it. And, um, you know, I, I know I hear that often. And again, I, it, it goes back to that. They just haven't been around it. You know, food allergies were around, but people didn't understand them. And so, uh, you know, grandparents don't have a lot of exposure to food allergies. And even, you know, you may have other family members who this may be their first experience with a family member with a food allergy. And so again, it's that education point of explaining to them that, you know, this is a food, if they ingest the food, they could get really sick from it. And we have medicine to treat it, but you need to know how to use that medicine. And, um, and so it's, again, that education of the family as well, because they just may not understand the seriousness of it. Um, you know, if it's a, even family or friends and, you know, you say, well, you know, they can't have anything with peanuts in it and they just still are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, send your child with their own snacks. Um, just pack a bag that has, you know, safe snacks for them. And if they're eating at the other house, just say, remember, you need to take something from your bag. And if they offer you something, just politely say, no, thank you. I'll eat one of my treats and try to put something in there that's maybe special for them. Um, you know, that's maybe not something that they eat all the time, but that they would be excited about. You know, maybe it's, um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm struggling on an example here, but you know, like um, Oreo just came out with gluten-free Oreos. So maybe Oreos isn't a, a snack that they often get. So put that in their bag so that when they go to a friend's house, it's exciting because they're getting, you know, that cookie they don't get at their house. And so it it, it is a reward for them or, you know, it, it is fun to have special snacks um, for themselves. But it's, um, you know, it, it's really just kind of explaining to people um, if you send their epinephrine devices with your child, make sure that you're sending a copy of their emergency plan. And every kid should have a food allergy emergency plan. If someone's listening to this right now and they don't have one, please call your allergist tomorrow and say, I would like an emergency plan. Um, they're, they're available on FAIR's website if your allergist doesn't have their own. Um, but you can take that with them and just say, you know, just in case they get a hold of something, these are symptoms that you may see. And if you see them, this is how you should treat them and you should call me. Um, but they may not understand what could happen. So maybe if they can kind of see it, then it, it may resonate a little bit more um, that it is important not to eat that food. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it all comes back to providing education and really in a way that um, the person is ready to receive. And I, I definitely hear what you're saying about having families come in and grandparents or aunts and uncles or whomever it is outside of that that nuclear family 
they don't quite get it. And they probably have heard some misinformation on social media about food allergy and it can become very polarizing. I'll say I'll I don't get too personal about myself on this show, but I'll I'll will say I feel very blessed that my parents and my husband's parents um take our food issues very seriously. And um my mom got me some gluten-free cookies the other day that were just delicious. And my dad's always like, oh, well, can you eat this? Is this okay? You know, and it's like, it's so nice to feel that protection that it's not just me always, I mean, I am always on guard, right? But like, I know that my family and my friends around me are also aware. And I think that's really what it's like, the true awareness, um, not making a big deal out of it or anything like that, but just true awareness and showing love towards me by being being aware and um, and, and sending me gluten-free cookies. Mom, I know you're listening to this. So uh, yeah, those, those gluten-free cookies are delicious. Um, but and it's the same with my in-laws. I mean, my, um, my husband has a food allergy. And so and and he had a food allergy before he and I met. And um, I had a food issue before I became an allergist. And it's just interesting, kind of kind of like with your story, that here you are um, in this leadership role doing these amazing things for families of children with food allergy. And your first experience with it was when you were at that that really important time in a kid's life where they are really transitioning from childhood to adulthood. And that was kind of your first experience was with your college roommate. And now, and now look at you, you know, it's, it's, um, and, and she educated you. And now here you are um, on the food allergy and your kiddo podcast, educating people. And that's what you do every day. And, and I just think it's amazing. Um, is there, you know, as we're kind of closing, is there anything else that you feel like listeners, um, need to know about, about bullying, how to recognize it, what to do about it? You know, I think, um, if those that are listening have those, um, tweens and teens and maybe getting ready to go to college kids, um, I think one of the most important things that can happen is that your friends tell their friends that they have a food allergy and they tell, they teach their friends how to use their epinephrine device. Um, all the epinephrine devices now come with a trainer. Um, and, uh, you know, it's important that your, that your kids' friends recognize that they have a food allergy and that they recognize they may have to use this device on their friend. Um, I know sometimes when I talk with siblings and I'll be like, well, you know, if you're, if your younger sibling, you know, has a reaction, you may have to use, you know, this epinephrine device. And they're like, I get to stab them with a needle. And I was like, well, let's not go that far, but you could be saving their life by yes, stabbing them with a needle. And, you know, we do know that teenagers in, are involved in, in riskier behavior, um, but that, you know, they, they want to be safe, even though they may not necessarily say it. And so having that kind of ally of someone who knows they have a food allergy and knows how to recognize symptoms, 
um, is really going to help them. And it's going to help them with bullying. You know, there's power in numbers and, you know, your friends aren't going to let you get bullied. And so if they understand what is, uh, you know, I, I, I just like saying what is wrong with you, but, you know, saying if they understand your condition, they're also going to stand up and, and not let you get bullied. So, you know, knowledge is power and um, power comes through knowledge. So the more that people around you understand your food allergies, the safer you're going to be, not only um, from a, a health standpoint, but from a mental health standpoint. And um, right now, I, I, we can't stress enough the importance of mental health. So if um, you know, we can eliminate bullying and that will help your mental health. And um, I hope that's what we've done. And, and I think that would, the same advice would go for the parent. If, if you're feeling bullied because of your child's condition, um, educate, teach those around you so that they understand. And um, it really will make everyone's life better, um, which is having open conversations. Jody, you're absolutely right. And thank you again so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Listeners, y'all let us know if if this has been helpful to you. Go to the website, foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. Um, you can sign up for my email list. And of course, remember, I'm an allergist, but I'm not your allergist. So talk with your allergist about what you've learned on today's episode. And as spring is is coming here, I hope everyone's able to get outdoors some and enjoy some sunshine, right? So God bless you and God bless your families. Mm-hmm.